Hi, this is Stuart McLean of the Vinyl Cafe, and you're listening to NWCZ Radio. You're surfing through another dimension, a dimension of podcasts and real-time streaming, of content both live and, quote-unquote, on tape. It covers Washington, Oregon, B.C., and even Idaho, existing between the summit of man's technology and the depths of his cave. There's the web banner up ahead. Your next stop, the North. Welcome, Brack! Brothers and sisters. Brack! Brick from Brick-a-Brack. It's a, it's, it's a combination of welcome back from the break. Oh, is that what that and is? welcome back. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Way to make it snappy, man. Welcome back to the Northwest. <laughs> He's consolidating for Brack. time issues. Yeah, <laughs> we're crammed, man. We are crammed. It's I'm a like huge... 319, three shifts. <laughs> <laughs> it's a huge show today, man. we got to get moving. Uh, our next guest, probably one of the biggest guests we will ever have on that most people around here have never heard of. This guy is listened to by millions weekly all over on NPR, up in Canada, on the CBC, over in England. Uh, he's big deal. He's, uh, he has this program called the Vinyl Cafe. He is coming to Tacoma on Tuesday, December the 13th at the Paramount. And I believe it's, if it's not already sold out, very, very close. Check it out. I'm telling you, get your tickets. But we had a nice chat with him. Second time he's been on our program. Always love catching up with Stuart McLean. Uh, on the line with us today, uh, he's he's in the middle of a tour right now. He's uh, master storyteller Stuart McLean. How are you, sir? I'm very well, thank you. It's good to have you back in the program. It's been a couple of years since we've chatted with you. A lot of things have happened uh, in the world, in uh, in music, in politics, in everything. How are things in your world? <laughs> um, well, I, they're. Much the same. Writers' li- writers' lives don't change all of that much. I've, uh, I guess, I've had another book out since I spoke to you last, and I'm working on another one coming up next fall. I've got, uh, I've got, and we're still traveling around doing our shows. So um, life is still very similar. Your latest book is the uh, Vinyl Cafe Notebooks, correct? Mm, yeah, book of essays. Book of essays. Bit of, a, bit of a departure for me because it's uh, instead of. You know, it's been it's the first nonfiction book I brought out for at least a decade, maybe two. And tell us a little bit about um, your decision on that and, and what readers can expect picking that book up. I, 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 I've been the, the radio show, the, the, the thing that people know me for most are, are the humorous stories, the fiction stories. But I, I've, I've had this for, you know, we've been doing the show for 20 years and I also do these um essays uh, at the beginning of every show and i've collected you know almost 20 years of essays and i just had a some of them i thought you know both deserved a, um to be collected in a book not just sitting in my filing cabinet they when you're working on radio you, you things are kind of sent out there and then they just disappear into the ether and i just wanted to Take a few of them, some of my favorites, and, and put them put them down on pa- on the page so that people could uh, hang on to them. Um, and there, there, I mean, there's everything there. There's there's funny stuff. There's um, there, and and there's serious stuff. And uh, um, you know, there's little essay tributes to a friend of mine who died, and which kind of morphs into a um, 
meditation on on friendship and there's uh um you know adventures i've had and places i've been and uh, uh all sorts of stuff in there and <clears throat> reading it reading your uh your books and listening to your program uh, and I think most people know this by now, but I'm gonna—I'm just gonna let everybody out there know. The Vinyl Cafe is the name of the program that that mm. Stuart is involved in. You can hear it at 12 noon on Sundays right here in the Puget Sound on KUOW. You can go to their website, vinylcafe. Uh, it's dot com. Okay, vinylcafe.com, <clears throat> and find out where it's playing in in your area because it's all over Canada. It's it's quite a, a lot of places in the states as well. And you can also catch them on podcast. One thing I noted, though, <clears throat> is that, and I think it's really cool, uh, for those of us who are in the States, um, Canada, we, we don't get a lot of history about Canada. We don't get a lot of uh, stories about Canada other than maybe sports or political stuff. And the thing I've learned a lot from you, uh, listening to you, is there's a, there's a lot of... Um, similarities between the states and canada as far as people go and traditions and so forth and it seems like you're you have become a, a spokesperson for just the average man uh of the canadian citizen and uh, as you travel around and meet all these people what, what are some of the things that you find amazing about your own country and and the people that are there well what you talk about the similarities between america and canada and i think one of the things that makes me really happy about getting our show onto the radio in America, and we're on we're on in 18 states now, and in about 100 towns, is that there has not been a conversation, a real conversation between Canada and America, between Canadians and Americans. The, the, there have been conversations between politicians and between business people, but not just between um, real folk. And, and the radio show, I think, is is an opportunity for me to contribute to that conversation to pl to to get it going in in some small way and and it's happened in some small ways because of the show there was a teacher in um in Everett a uh, little t uh, which is on the uh in the um suburbs i believe of Seattle yeah it's just north of Seattle and uh she was a 7 a grade 7 8 teacher who uh heard the show and and um, phoned us and said, listen, I'd like to, uh, I think I should be doing a unit in my grade 7, 8 class on Canada and, and wondered if your listeners could uh, write us a letter um, um, and uh, write a paragraph about where they live and why they live there and what it's like. And, and if they do that, we'll write back. And, and, and we announced that on the show, and the letters started coming in by the tens, and then by the hundreds, and then by the thousands. And she started a Canada-U.S. friendship web page, and, and, and then Canadians started arriving at her school, knocking on the door, saying, "Could we visit your class?" and bearing little lapel pins and, and, and books about Canada. Um, so now you ask me what what of the you know what. Canadian characteristics have I found or do I find in my travels? Um, characteristics, I think, that the major characteristic that might come out from this conversation that I'm so delighted we can participate in, the, the fundamental difference, I think, between Canadians and Americans is that um, Americans are, are, are kind of trapeze artists. Uh, <laughs> Americans want to climb the, uh, the ladder, get up high, and then leap 
for the flying trapeze. Um, and, and Canadians are more net minders. We're, we're more concerned about um, holding the net at the bottom of the circus ring and catching the ones who fall. Um, and, and I think we have a little bit to learn from each other. You know, I think we need more trapeze artists in Canada, maybe, and, and America could use, could use a few more uh, net minders. And uh, I, I think uh, for that reason, talking to one another can't help but be anything but a good thing. Well, and I think uh, if you're going to have, uh, to use the analogy, you're going to have a circus, we, we have to have everybody. <laughs> well, it's true. You know? That's one. <laughs> uh, I agree. I think there has to be dialogue between just, just the, you know, we're not ta- I'm not talking about the business and the politicians and so forth. Uh, just the general folk, just the everyday man and woman and children between the states and Canada. There's, there, uh, I, I grew up in the South. I grew up down in Texas, and and Canada to me was as far away as you know France or Iceland or somewhere. It, it had no relevance to my life. Mm. Uh, Mexico was much closer, and so we you know we would hear about that. I remember getting, because <clears throat> my mom was from up here and she gave me a Canadian, um, a loony, and I thought that was the most fascinating thing I'd ever had. Mm. And so I, I agree with you. I, I think there, when I go to Canada, I really enjoy hitting uh, a, a local pub or going to uh, a, you know, a local band's show or something and just talking to the people. And I find out that, um, yeah, there's, there's, there are some differences just, but very, very minute and small. In the reality, we're all just people, and we're all just trying to get through life. And we're we're neighbors. And sometimes I think we, as Americans, are not so good of neighbors. And sometimes we're better neighbors. And it just it is something that I would it would be fascinating to see if we could break down that barrier of, you know, you're the neighbor to the north. It's just we're just neighbors. Hmm. Uh, that and that's one thing about your program that I, that I find just it's very heartwarming and i think a lot of people who listen um genuinely understand your pride in your country and uh and that you take time to understand the people and you understand the traditions and and you know make fun of them at some points and also show everybody that they all have merit whether um uh, I was listening last night to a, a story, uh, one of your stories about, uh, it was a Christmas story, um, and it was a new uh, Indian couple, East Indian couple in the neighborhood. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was fantastic because it was funny, but at the same time, I was learning from it. I, you know, I have not walked in their shoes, and it would be hard to go to a different com- country and find out that they have all these different uh, traditions and so forth. Uh, well, this is the story. This is the story where the the, the uh, I think it's the Pakistani family moves into the neighborhood, and they are desperate to sort of fit in. They yes. want to do the right thing, and so they 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 decide that they're going to give uh, presents to uh, everyone in the neighborhood, and and and. Uh, and, and they, they, or they decide that's what you're supposed to do. And of course, no one in the neighborhood gives each other presents. And <laughs> because the Pakistani family is wandering around with, with Christmas baskets, giving it to everyone, everybody else in the neighborhood is provoked to do the same thing. And, um, their misreading of custom, I suppose, provokes the whole neighborhood to kind of embrace the real meaning of Christmas. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you about your, uh, the, your, your actual story writing. Um, it, it is, you know, it's a difficult craft. I, a lot of people read stories, and and those that do it well make it look so easy. Um, but it, it is a difficult craft to actually write 
stories that, and in, especially with your program, a lot of them are humorous and uh, very touching and, and they have ebbs and flows. And um, what is the challenge for you? What's your primary challenge when you sit down to write a brand new story? The hardest thing after writing so for so long is start is beginning is the beginning uh, because unlike we were talking about this I was talking about this with another writer last night you start with nothing uh, you have to unlike any other job you you start with something like a guy who's going to dig a ditch uh, starts with a piece of ground and a shovel you know he's told you dig the hole here and here's where you dig it well if you're a story writer and you're going to write a story about digging a hole, you've got to invent the ground and invent the shovel. You have to invent everything. Nothing is there to begin with. It's a, you are working in a black universe where there is, it's a big void. And you, so you have to call everything into being. And the, tr the difficulty is after 18 years, you would think it would get easier and easier. But what happens is that you, you, you work along at a certain level um, of story uh, for a year or two or five and then one day for no fault of your own you write one a little better than you've ever written before maybe the stars are aligned maybe you've maybe you have the flu and you access a, a part of you you've never had access to maybe you're tired maybe well who knows why but you write a better story <laughs> and, and suddenly you're no longer happy with all those singles you've been hitting because you've now hit your very first double and you want every story you ever write to be a double. You want, and then you, then you hit a triple and then one day you, you hit a home run and, and now every story's got to be a home run. And you're not a home run hitter by trade. You're a, you're, you're a utility player. And, and so before you begin where you used to be happy to write you know, where you're, to get the first base on balls, you know, are sitting there, or you know you're going to be standing there, um, expecting to hit the ball out of the park. And so you're confronted with this mammoth task of, of, of expectation, a mountain of expectation. And, and the hardest part then becomes beginning, because you know in order to get to a place where you're happy, you know how hard you're going to have to struggle before you get to the end. And you think, good God, I don't want to do that much work again. <laughs> and unlike most authors <clears throat> who write a book, they, they send it off, it gets printed, it hits the bookshelves. Uh, they kind of wait for feedback from critics and, you know, the public. You go right out and you're face to face with your audience. You're, you, you write well, it. Well, that's a blessing. I, I, it's a very special blessing because most writers, uh, newspaper writers, book writers never really know how their work has uh, been accepted um, because they they can guess at it. They can they can look at bestseller lists. They can um, um, uh, they can see how sales are, or if they're working for a small newspaper, maybe run into somebody in the street who will give them feedback or read the letters to the editor. I am there at the moment of giving and receiving because I go to the theater and I tell the story that I've just written. And in that moment of giving and receiving, the story continues to get written because it becomes a collaboration between me and the audience. And I learn from that process. My producer sits in the wings every night with a, with a clipboard and a script, and she marks the places that are working and aren't working, and we 
edit and rewrite based on that experience. We do that for not every night of a show because after a certain number of nights, you have moved the story as much as you're going to be able to move it. But for the first week of a tour, um, the audience becomes my editor. And do you have a panel uh, on staff that when you come up with a brand new story, you sit them down and say, this is... This is my brand new story and get there. No, feet. I have an editor. You have an my editor. My editor and I have been working together for 20 years and uh, the process of writing a story for me, faced with that mountain of expectation and my reluctance to begin, <laughs> I, uh, I, I begin each story by talking with my editor because it's easier to talk to somebody in theory about a story than it is to put, you know, pen to paper. And so we, we begin with a conversation and, uh, at the end of that two or three hour conversation, if I'm lucky, I have some notes and a notion of where I'm going to take the story. Then I uh, retreat to my uh, studio and I, I work on the story by myself for however long it takes me to um, beat out a, a first draft, several weeks usually, probably writing about 500, writing and rewriting 500 words a day is kind of my um, pace. And then we go back and forth, my editor and I, and then once we've got it into the condition that we think is the best it can be, then we start reading it to others, or I start reading it to others. We're talking with Stuart McLean. He is the uh, the author and the voice of the Vinyl Cafe, which can be heard on KUOW 12 noon on Sundays <clears throat> and all across Canada on CBC. He's going to be at the Seattle Paramount on December 13th at 7.30, and he's also going to be in Vancouver, B.C. on December 14th and 15th at the Orpheum. It's the, it is the Christmas tour. Tell us a little bit about what we can expect for those of us who will be sitting in the audience. Well, musically, we have Hoxley Workman uh, traveling with us. Hoxley is an uh, uh, amazing artist. He's somebody we've wanted to have on the show for a number of years. We had him once on a recording show, but we've never toured with him. Um, he's fabulous musician. We've got a couple of backup singers in the Vinyl Cafe Orchestra. So musically, it's a pretty special year. Um, Story-wise, I, I, well, there'll be two brand new Dave and Morley stories. There'll be um, um, uh, uh, one which involves Dave and a misadventure he has in the car wash with his neighborhood nemesis, Mary Turlington's car. <laughs> the other is a Christmas story is this year's Christmas story, which is still evolving. Awesome. And everybody, uh, check out his new book, The Vinyl Cafe Notebooks, which is out and available right now. want to talk to you just a moment before we let you go about the musical aspect of your program. We are a music uh, station, and one thing that we really like to hone in on, especially here in the Northwest, is the local independent artist. And mm. it, it's uh, that is one thing that I <clears throat> think is amazing and wonderful about the Vinyl Cafe program that I listen to, you pull in a lot of local artists everywhere you go as you travel around and uh, give them a moment on stage and, and a chance to shine. Uh, do you have, uh, are you a musician at all or do you have a, a, just a particular um, appreciation for, you know, the local artist and the independent artist? I had a um, philosoph I made a philosophic decision when I after about five years with this show that I wanted to do just that, to to shine the light upon those who would might not otherwise have the light shone upon them, on young, independent singer-songwriters. And uh, 
I, I'm in was in my fifties at the time, and I told my my two young producers that's what I wanted to do, and they started bringing me music, the kind of music I was asking for, and I have to say I had a rude awakening because I my musical taste, like everyone's, had frozen when I was in my thirties. <laughs> happens as you life gets busy and you start. Um, having children and working and um, you uh, stop listening to new music. You can't go out to clubs anymore and shows as much as you might be used to going out. And, 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 and I, you know, my musical taste had frozen with Bob Dylan and the Beatles and James Taylor or whoever. Um, and uh, they brought me the music of today that young guys were making kids were making and and i said yeah that's what i want but not that sounds like that i, I kind of wanted music that was being making made that sounded like the beatles and uh <laughs> slowly they re-educated me and i started going to shows and understanding what was being done today uh, so i was a very lucky guy i was i was given a musical education in my 50s or a re-education in my 50s which not many people have the luxury of how we make the choice of who comes is is the result of a long conversation that is carried on between me and these two uh, producers uh, my music producer Julie Penner who goes to a lot of shows who plays in bands and um, who uh, listens to everything that's sent to us and then kind of culls the what she thinks is the best and gives it to my the show producer Jess Milton and and Jess and I listen and we talk and we talk with Julie and and we look at the show and you know to consider what music the show might be asking for and uh, we look at the geography of where we are playing and uh, that all factors in the decision. I noticed on your website that you have a list of uh, record stores that you recommend across Canada. Do you yourself, uh, do you find yourself perusing through record stores? Oh yeah, I have a, I listen to a lot of stuff on vinyl. I have a, a record player at home and, uh, I love listening to stuff on vinyl. I love, I love the discipline it imposes on me, you know, because you have to stop and pay attention to what is happening. You've got to flip the record over. You've got to decide, uh, what's going on as opposed to, you know, you can get a CD player with five, um, um, cartridges and you you don't even notice what's playing but the record player continually demands of you every 20 it's every 20 minutes your attention um uh, and i i like that you know i yeah. like the warm sound of vinyl oh absolutely yeah no i and vinyl is definitely going through a resurgence which i which i think is amazing and yeah. i enjoy that i noticed one one that i have been to is was zulu's in uh, vancouver Mm. And I know you are in Victoria and in Seattle on occasion. I want to give you a couple of other ones you might want to check out. Gordy's in Victoria is a great spot okay. for vinyl. And when you're in Seattle, you have to go to Easy Street. It's okay. It'll be right up the street from where you're at. That is a powerhouse independent record store here in Seattle. They have everything. I love independent <laughs> record stores. So I'm, if if we have if time and we're in town, I'd love to get there. Yeah, check out check out Easy Street. What's what's your favorite? What are, what are some of your favorite albums in your collection? What, what what's tops on? I your think list? my favorite right now is there's a um, I think it's a ten record set of Bob Dylan stuff called Biograph. Bob Dylan Biograph, and they're all outtakes and alternate recordings of stuff and. Uh, 
there's a couple of versions of uh, some of his songs that just slay me every time I hear them. I think that set is my my favorite um, uh, vinyl stuff now. I noticed on Facebook. I love the physical act of of of, of working with out of the jacket and then the way you can spin it in your hand to flip it over from one side to the other while you hold it just by the edges i'm not a i'm not i've never been a particularly adept person in in, in the in the world of uh of athletics but i feel i can be positively balletic and athletic when i when i move around my living room with with vinyl i can get it out of <laughs> can bend over and pick it up and get it out of the jacket and spin it around in my hand and drop it onto the turntable and get the needle into the groove um in and be graceful at the same time so it's very pleasing to me to have um vinyl in my house now you and you did i know you've been in radio for a long time were you ever on a uh, music radio did you ever spin records no, I never spun records. That would have been wonderful. So you never I've had. Always been, I've always been a writer working on public radio. So I've always been a guy who talks. Uh, I've had. I've worked on shows where uh, uh, records have been played in between my um, my essays or my uh, pieces. But uh, there was always an engineer who did that. I I always thought it would be very fun to to be a guy in a little booth where you had to talk and spin the records late at night, perhaps. Uh, <laughs> that, that that was the radio that I grew up on, but I didn't sadly get to cut my teeth on it. I think you would have been good because there's a, there a lot of discipline there where you had to back, you had to back the record up, you had to hit the post and all. Uh, those were different times on the radio. I enjoyed those more than uh, when I was in, you know, hitting cartridges and like you said, CDs, and now it's all digital. You don't do anything. Yeah, I would have loved to have done that stuff. Now, when you're on your tour bus, I noticed on your Facebook that you guys are uh, traveling around via bus. What are you listening to? What's what's going through the speakers these days? Not, we, it's interesting. Uh, because the tour bus is full of musicians, uh, you would think there would be lots of music, but it's quite the co contrary. Musicians don't listen to music on the road. They, um, I guess it's because it's their work. Uh, they uh, they want to watch TV and movies and they want to read and they don't want to hear music and, and because <laughs> because there are more musicians than me uh, I defer to the, uh, the, the, the 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 crowd um, when I'm in my car these days I'm I, I seem to be in my and when I'm in my when I'm in a car these days and I and I have control over things I seem to be in my Bob Dylan phase I just um, uh, Dylan and Canada's answer to Dylan, uh, Leonard Cohen. Um, I'm listening to a lot of them. Um, when I'm writing, um, and now none of this stuff, of course, is what I play on my show, but when I'm writing these days, I'm listening over and over again to either um, Wilco or Coldplay. Um, and uh, sometimes the Arcade Fire, these big kind of orchestral rock symphonic rock uh, groups uh, and I'm I think I listen to them because um, I have listened to them so much that they no longer uh, demand my attention they, right. <laughs> they fill some sort of void in my brain um, the, they quiet the monkey that would chatter away at me and disturb my concentration but they don't ask of me to pay attention do you own a, do you own an iPod or any kind of a MP3? I own an iPod but I don't use it. I I um <laughs> I tend to listen uh on the speakers because I think I usually listen when I'm writing or cooking 
And uh, when I'm writing, I think the headsets would be too invasive. It would put the music too deep inside of me. Right. Uh, and when I'm cooking, I've just got a great set of speakers, and I love uh, cranking the music up and uh, just filling the room with it. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure to talk with you. Stuart McLean has been our guest. You can hear him on KUOW here in the Seattle area, 12 noon on Sundays. He's going to be uh, at the Seattle Paramount, December 13th, 7.30, and, and Vancouver, B.C., December 14th and 15th at the Orpheum. Get your tickets. Get them early. They're guaranteed. They're going to sell out, I'm telling you. It's the Christmas tour. Everybody is excited about this. Stuart, always a pleasure to talk with you, uh, and I hope it's not as long. We don't have to wait as long to chat with you again. You're a fascinating guest. I'm big fan of your work, and uh, millions of people across the world I know feel exactly the same way. Well, thank you so much. It's really uh, it's fun to... It's fun to talk to you, and I, I love what I do, and it'll be great to be get, get back to Seattle, and, and, and we will be coming back more often. We, we're gonna, I, the plan right now is that we'll, that we'll, we've added Seattle to our Christmas tour, so we should be coming every Christmas now, from now on. That's great news for everybody. Stuart McLean. Very best. When you think sports... And authoritative figures on sports. There's only one name that comes to mind in the South Sound. The Northwest Convergence Zone via the Weekly Volcano's own Matt Driscoll! Oh, yeah. It just gets better and better. I want to oh, see the video yeah. version of that because I picture these chicks in like gold lame, like, dawn, dawn, dawn. I see like the old uh, solid gold dancers yeah, lined up uh, and then they're holding a they're holding about. a banner that says cup check and then when it gets to Matt Driscoll he comes busting through yeah. the paper. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> high, high school pep assembly style. I have to blow everybody's cover but I see like the Muppet show and there's Matt Driscoll. Hi ho friends, here we are, Kermit the Frog. <laughs> Only it's in the what, mind of Gimmer. It's no, there's so actually I'm a lot of D, one right of the now. old guys up there they're booing nodding. it from the yeah. their head. Why yeah. are you talking sports, you crazy people? <laughs> we hated it. <laughs> uh, well then would that leave you as Miss Piggy? I guess. <laughs> Hi you uh, all right, hey, nice, uh, nice I'm, work look, with you. Looking at the uh, the latest edition of the Weekly Volcano, which, by the way, is always stellar. Thank you. We appreciate you picking it up. You, <laughs> specifically you. Picking I it did up. pick I, it I up. I appreciate that. <laughs> and it's... <laughs> He's looking at it for the uh, first time. I noticed, right now. hey Driscoll. I, what Yo. I'm noticing though is that um, you know, for a while there, when it, when your column first came out, which by the way is the first place I always go to in this fine um, newspaper, is the it was the cup check. Yeah. Then it switched up. It was still kind of the cup check, but it was more called balls. Right. Well, you know, we've talked about this a couple of times, Daryl. A couple of times, Daryl. I could try he to. Just uh, he's like a fascination up. with balls. Well, no, gotta, but I'm just saying because now no longer no, there's no balls on there. No, you bring it up for a good a reason. Now it's just called sports. Just real quickly, real quickly yeah, for everybody listening. Shake it down. Right. The, the column is still called Cup Check. It's always been called Cup Check. Yeah. Um, we don't specifically have a sports section of our paper. You know, you're kind of an 
alternative press paper. We were trying to come up with something different, you know, balls, synonymous with sports. So we're like, hey, that's funny. We'll use balls for our sports section, except nobody got it. And everybody was like, hey, I really loved your balls column last week. Uh, You know, sending me emails. And you guys weren't the only people who who didn't catch the jokes. It turns out, you know, as it all came down, we were the only ones who understood our jokes. So finally, we succumbed and we, we, we changed it. And now it says something more obvious. Yeah. No yeah. balls. For those of us who are just, basically what they're saying is the rest of us are dumb out here. Yes. And they're no, really, no. really funny. At the no, volcano. we made a joke that no one else understood. So, I mean, you can read into that what you will, but I think that's on us. Yeah. No, it's uh, <laughs> it, the column has remained the same. That's all I'm saying. And it's really, really good. Thank Matt you. Driscoll writes the column. It's cup check. It's uh, every week in the uh, weekly volcano. Unless I'm on vacation. Unless you're on vacation. Well, of course. I mean, yeah. that's a given. And it's in like the... Uh, uh, the what what do you call it the help wanted or the, the classifieds we like to call it in the business yeah, yeah. the technical <laughs> term <laughs> Big D. it's where it's they classified. sell cars and shit I yeah. don't know what that's called exactly ads I don't know man it's it's money <laughs> the classifieds hey uh, yeah the classifieds uh, all right so it's this is our time to, it's been a while since we've talked sports it has it feels like it's been like a couple months and you maybe it has say been. that every time well, give but me it, a break it has because it's in like the four reason, or five weeks every time but the reason <laughs> is is because uh, Matt has been very 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 busy man not only is he writing stellar columns and editing changing diapers a great right. paper yeah and all that stuff. he is also added to his plate a fantastic show that can be heard right here on NWCZ Radio, Thursday nights, 8 o'clock, Volcano Radio Show. Boom. Just Volcano Radio. Just Volcano Radio. Volcano Radio. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. Eight to nine. You guys are nailing it. We're like, we're four in. I think this was our fourth episode this week because we took the the Thanksgiving off. But yeah, yeah, I think we're really hitting stride. I'll I'll be honest with you. The first one, a little bit shaky. A little bit shaky. Uh, it's just fine. Second one, thought it's I was going to make big strides. Was that your maiden voyage? <laughs> yeah, drink. We're starting the, the main the main voyage drinking game. Uh, it was. I said that about eighty seven times. Uh, but really, really, I think we're 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 hitting stride now. I think it's getting pretty good. Or yeah, you guys are adequate. all fancy with your own theme song. Yeah, everything. Adam, and, uh, Reverend Adam comes in here, gets drunk, and uh, uh, that's a given. Yeah, and, he goes uh, in the bathroom in the morning and gets drunk. Yeah, it's so, true. He you know he pulls the 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 bottle of whiskey out of his pocket like it's for a special occasion, but it's no. you you can tell he. <laughs> that's just there that he usually has that next to the uh, alarm clock and uses it yeah. to turn off you right. know, or hit the snooze button and then drink and it's like oh well, might as well snooze a little bit more <laughs> exactly i walk out here the true uh, snooze button i've yeah. come out here a couple of times while these guys are recording and it always smells like a restaurant what's going on man it's uh, like, like some of the greatest food yeah, ever no we, we, we got here. this we have this ingenious little segment we, we do from time to time uh called bite of the week where we have a, a local restaurant or food maker bring in food for us to eat on air what so, i'm switching yeah, shows. yeah it's not bad. what i said it's not shit, bad <laughs> doa brought a uh brought a uh, a hamburger it's a, their dead elvis burger i think is what it's called a dead elvis something or other but it's got uh you know it's a hamburger it's got the, this candy bacon on it which is just amazing peanut butter and a fried egg and i would not eat something like that normally but it's delicious it's a heart attack it's it delicious elvis yeah <laughs> you had me a peanut butter baby oh yeah it's uh it's really good yeah so uh we're doing all sorts of fun stuff and that's why we're making your man kiss every thursday night that's right at eight o'clock right, right here on nwcz radio volcano radio we appreciate you letting us do it but oh it's our it's our uh what would you say privilege 
You can say whatever you yeah. want, Daryl. Okay. It's, you know, <laughs> it's something we have to do. <laughs> uh, sports, that's what we have you here, though, for. And I uh, want to bring up some stuff that's been going on. Uh, a lot of things going on in the sports a world. Lo- a lot has happened since the last time. A lot of here. stuff. Well, you know what? I'm going to pull a, uh, a fast one on you. Let's talk briefly about Mike Leach coming to Wazoo. Yeah, Damn. it's kind of exciting. Crazy right? pirate. Kind of. Yeah. Arr. Yeah, I'm not really into the pirate thing. Is <laughs> I that, don't care about that. He's going to come in, and every time they brought a badass in, uh-huh. they always end up improving, going to bowl games, and then he runs off to somewhere else. But that's fine. We're going to have a good time. If he looks yeah. like Johnny Depp, <laughs> I'll watch it. If they want to call him a pirate. If they call him he a looks pirate. like Vince Gill. That's what he looks like. Yeah, I call him Peter Pan. I don't care. Uh, I, I mean, I think it's got to be a good thing for the state. And it's, I mean, I'm not a huge Cougar fan. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, you know, I don't. Not worried about him locking Cougars in trailers and. Well, that's kind of an interesting story. Now, that's going to make for some great uh, cup check fodder when it happens. Yeah. Sorry, a little, Get that little burp there. A little, 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 little leftover Sunday afternoon. Burger. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I think it's exciting. Uh, you know, it seems like it could be a good fit for him. He did some good stuff at Texas Tech, kind of mm-hmm. a similarly uh, podunk type of. Here's the thing. See, now I'm a big uh, Big 12 follower because, of course, my team really? Texas is in there. Yeah, you're kidding us, really. Think about Texas Tech. Uh, they were very tolerant of Leach as long as they were winning, and they had some really good years. But when when they started to you know stumble a little bit or whatever, his antics catch up really really quick. Right. That's why I'm curious as to how he's going to fit in at Wazoo because he have you heard his rants like on YouTube? He's a crazy stuff? dude. My goodness, yeah, he's crazy. He just is, I encourage everybody nuts. to YouTube awesome. Mike Leach if Which you haven't. Per, that's perfect. People in Pullman, they're gonna exactly. love that. You think they're they gonna love it? That, okay. that that gunslinging attitude, like you know, he what? does oh, have you, that. You don't you don't like what I say? Tough shit. You asked me a question. Yeah, well, you're gonna get my answer. I want to see how they handle it when he turns it on them because he does. He doesn't give a crap about see, anybody. They're insulated by. I think it's thousands gonna, I, of acres of wheat. I think it's a good thing. And they're drunk over there. They're just drunk. Just <laughs> fall down drunk. Drunk and insulated. Yeah. So I think I mean, it's, a, it's a good and fit. He's a pirate, right? Yeah. So Pullman is like its own biosphere. Yeah. You know, it really is. What goes on in there is just this kind of weird, like you know, once you put your arm through it. Now, you one know, thing you start like feeling like buzzed. One thing that Leach has <laughs> never been accused of, and, and I don't think he's ever been a part of that we know of, uh, but that's been go- something that's been going on quite a bit in college football and now in basketball. We got this whole sex scandal thing that's shaking yeah. down. Um, we kind of the Penn State thing has kind of it's it's off the front page for the moment. It, it's going to come wanna back. I want to hear about the sex scandal. Oh, you don't know about Sandusky? And, oh, uh, good Lord. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, it's a long... It doesn't begin with if, Occupy. If you, uh, <laughs> she's not reading it. He right occupied little ass. boys. Let's just oh, say... Oh, no. It was wrong on all accounts. And then now we have a... Uh, what is that? Over at... Um, Syri- Bur- Bernie Fine story. At yeah. Syracuse. Yeah. Uh, so what, what, are you, what are you thinking about? Is this... Are we scratching the surface on a problem that is, you know, prevalent in across the board or do you think these are isolated events once we get these taken care of everything's back to normal oh man i i man i like to answer the fun questions there's nothing there's nothing there's nothing really <laughs> fun about yeah, like uh, these kind of sex scandals and pedophilia and all that popping up all over the place i mean now, right not yeah just even at the volcano what no no, no not now. over i'm sorry come on it's, it's not even too funny, early to only on our station too early to joke um <laughs> I think it's. I mean, it's unfor. I, I, the question you ask. I think uh, 
it's it's not a sports related thing. I think that sports just unfortunately kind of uh, presents a. Uh, a place where stuff like that can happen because you, you have uh, role models, figures, and that people trust, and that you know gain access to children. And I, I you know, I, I, I don't want to, you know, I don't think it's something that should should you know tarnish sports or college athletics necessarily because it's a bigger it's a bigger issue than that. But hopefully, if anything can come out of this, it's just people being aware that uh, you know stuff like this does happen and not that you know you have to be paranoid about it all the time but just you know stuff like this does happen yeah and uh you can't just you know your little league baseball coach isn't just a babysitter that you can just drop your kids off with all the time you just kind of have to and he shouldn't have to be a babysitter either (laughs) it's interesting that you bring that up though because i think if there is a place where it is you know more prevalent it's probably in that on that level yeah, uh, because there's a lot more little league coaches who are just you know Joe Blows who live in the neighborhood or whatever who come out and coach. You well, know, yeah, without Johnny's team, without being too depressing, it's a it's a fairly obvious avenue if you uh, you know if you're looking to gain access to young children. Yeah, coaching athletics. I mean that or the scouts. Uh, you know, or or, uh, or Catholicism. the ice cream man, or you hear stuff. <laughs> Wait about- a minute, time out for the ice cream man. <laughs> Ice cream man never did anything. <laughs> you said you wanted a bullet? What? That is just... But all you right. see stories about even daycare workers yeah. that don't have proper background yeah, checks. Yeah, no, it's stuff, all so over. It's like, dairy yeah. farmers. But it's this one, The I think the one at Penn State, I think the question that is, um, that's out there is, will Penn State, when this is all done, because it was so prevalent in the program, if yeah. people knew, they covered it up, there's all kind of weird shadiness going on and all this stuff. When it's all said and done, do you think Penn State A as a football program will be standing or and will Penn State as a as a university are they going to make it through this? Because wait till the lawsuits come in. Wait till the the uh, all of the alumni start donating money. You know, all these things are we looking at possibly this thing going you know, to the point where it's no longer there or not, we don't, that's not going to Right, happen. yeah, I don't know. I mean, and I am, I mean, I think this is kind of unprecedented, unprecedented territory. I don't, I don't know how to answer that. I, I guess I would be, uh, and, and, and in no way is this a defense for anything that happened, but I guess I would be disappointed if something, you know, like they took football, their football program away just because I, I mean, while this problem, you know, allegedly happened, uh, and I guess we're forced to still use the word allegedly, even though it's pretty obvious. Yeah, that's what yeah. I, was, I was actually going to say that since it's actually, alleg- I mean, you never know what happens um, in the court system, the deals. Nope. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean? I, my point is just, I think this is. While it happened in the in the arena of football, I think it would be a mistake to pin this on on a football program. I, mean, I think the mistakes that happened here go go bigger than that. And I so I mean, you could take the football program away from that away from them, but what, what does that, that really do? Yeah, um, you know, a lot of their blue chip recruits have already said. Yeah, uh, thanks and no thanks. Yeah, I think I would pass on Penn State at this point. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm. Well, yeah, if you're a parent, a, if you're just, a parent, you're leery of you know sending your kids there now. I mean, and, and a, it's because okay, almost like going to you know University of Miami, Florida. How about yeah. anytime educating <laughs> your kids about this stuff? You <laughs> yeah, know? that's like, true. That's an important aspect of it too. Just a damn shame. The whole thing's a damn shame. Nobody wants to talk about it, but God, you, you got to let your kids know there's freaks out there. And it's yeah, crazy. It's like are. some and they some can't. twisted after school special back in the day. Yeah. You know? All right. Well, let's watch out for that. 
old guy. Let's lighten it up know? a little bit because that is a depressing subject. That is. Old uh, One thing that uh, a lot of people are finding exciting is that the NBA finally has a contract and they are going to come back to play. They're starting on Christmas Day. That's true. Shortened season. That's true. And uh, every all sides seem to be, you know, lovey-dovey now after – you know, tearing each other to shreds for months. Well, that's usually how it happens with those labor yeah, negotiations. Yeah, now they're best friends. Yeah. yeah, well, they, you know, they have to be. They get rich off of each other, so it's a very tight bond they've right. formed. It was are people, yeah, people going to show up? You think people are going to show up? Oh, I, you know, I mean, I think, I mean, basketball has been struggling the last few years anyways. It dropped below NASCAR. Yeah. As um, the, now it's the fourth most popular sport right. in the U.S. So I don't think this helped. I don't think. <laughs> I don't a, think so. I don't either. think it's a death blow necessarily. But I, they need uh, they need something in that league, and I don't necessarily know uh, what. I mean, I guess they need a Michael Jordan and a you know a Larry Bird and a Magic Johnson or something like that because it just doesn't feel like the league has the draw that you know that it has. I think they need to get off of the thug ball. Yeah, they need to get back to team play. Um, they need some good characters in the NBA that yeah. that that average american citizens can log into because the nba passed me by i don't get it anymore i don't understand the play i don't understand the players they i don't connect with them yeah i i, I know you're not alone you're, you know and yeah. and i don't know if it's if because david stern is too old and he can't figure it out um or what the deal is but the nba really passed me by and uh, I'm not excited about them coming back. I could really care less, and if they had shut down the whole season, I wouldn't. Have, it wouldn't have bothered me at all. First of all, you can travel in the NBA, and I mean actually on the basketball court. Yeah. You can oh, travel. Yeah. They, not just city to like city. Eight steps and, before and that, you dunk. That, that shows you that uh, they've softened things. And on the, the, the flip side, um, the fundamentals of basketball have been thrown out the window. You know oh, I yeah. Mean? There's no um, passing. Uh, bank shooting shots. bank shots, bank posting shots. up. Oh, you don't want to get pick and roll. You don't want to get blocked out, or you know, your shot blocked on the block down there. Yeah, bank it. You know, they don't yeah. know how. They no, don't know it's how. It's just a one-on-one. No, but kinda. but they're fantastic, you know, players and athletes. Oh. But I look at those teams yeah. today and go, I have no problem saying a team twenty-five years ago uh, would rip these guys up. Oh, they'd they, steamroll. They'd, they'd, they just they grind them down. These man. teams don't they'd know how to pass. Foul them all out. They'd foul them all out, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's a it's a much changed game. Uh, you know, I think we, we it is worth pointing out that we're kind of we're here in the Pacific Northwest, and our uh, our feelings towards the NBA might be a little bit uh, jaded. I know there are places Possibly. in the country where they <laughs> are excited and you know still have teams that weren't ripped away from them. Uh, so I think that does influence our judgment just just a hair, it's but a bit bitter. Just a just a just a hair <laughs> just bitter, a tad bad um, taste in the old mouth yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> All I right. Pull up, I, pull, I pull up a lot of YouTube uh, Sonics. Oh. It's stuff, fun, isn't uh, it? Regularly, it's a, yeah, it's crazy. I, mean, I regularly do it to yeah. give myself like an infusion. It's like Dude, I'm I some still, sort of a vampire now that 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 doesn't have. He still the, rolls the around with his Tacoma blood. Sonic shirt on. I do. Man. Damn straight. Why wouldn't you? That's a. That's a keeper. All right, college football is winding down. Is. We just had the uh, big, cha- you know, championship. Does anybody games. understand what's going on now, or you know how it's? Well, we know that they got travesty. exactly what they wanted. Yeah, they wanted LSU and Alabama in the championship game. They've been wanting that since, well, since they announced that the the championship would be held at the Superdome. Yeah, they want they wanted LSU, and of course Alabama's right next door. So it didn't matter what any of those teams did; they were going to get them there no matter what. The BCS system to me sucks. It's broken. It doesn't work. One team will be ranked number two, lose a game, and drop seven 
six, seven spots. Alabama loses, drops one. Somebody else comes along and loses a game. They drop four, five, six slots. You know, I don't understand. A loss is a loss, especially late in the season. But for some reason, there's teams. they Oklahoma in the top ten with two losses, and then they get hammered by Oklahoma State. So I, the BCS to me, the whole system, that computer system, sucks. Pretty and messed I, up. I think we need to just go back. Get to, rid of the C. They're not going to. Yes, exactly. <laughs> We're, they're not going to go to a playoff. The, they just, they for some reason, won't allow that. You don't think? I think maybe eventually. They can still Do incorporate they, the bowl system in yeah. the playoffs. You I know, mean, oh yeah. you're either in. They can, and they should. In the brackets, you know, there's bracket bowls, and then there's other bowls that who are do outside you th- of it. Who do you, know, who do you do? think is the biggest um, proponent to that system? Proponent to the, to the playoff system? Yeah. Uh, what do you mean by proponent? Who champions it the most? Or yes. who, who's making money off it? Uh, <laughs> who champions the who? Who would who would benefit the most from the playoff system? Uh, all the fans. <laughs> I think I think it's and the, the schools. Uh, yeah. I so mean, what I don't understand is why the regents and the presidents of all these colleges are so against the playoffs because you have it in basketball. You have yeah. The, you have the sweet. You have the every every tournament. Every you have the World, college world athletics. series. Everything has a has a build up system. Yeah, it's pretty bass backwards. I mean, what they always say is they don't. You know that a playoff system would extend the season or you know some garbage like that, and they're you know they're worried for the uh, you know safety uh, college athletes. Health. Yada yada. yada you know they're they're student athletes and there's they're you know they're bull yeah they're not hey you know you used to go to a bowl game you know let's say you went undefeated and you went to a bowl game you ended the season at 11 and 0 right you know Mm -hmm. we have teams that have already played like you know 13 and 14 some 14 games there wasn't talking about oh we don't want to extend you you jokers it wasn't that long first of all there were a lot of teams had two bye weeks this year yeah, uh, and also it wasn't that long ago that they would actually name the national champion before the bowls started. Yeah, and so I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Well, we- I think he, once a, show them a way where they're going to make way more money doing it with a playoff, and they'll change their mind pretty quickly. The entire. The, the entire sporting world would be tuned in hey, for a, the University of Washington. What was it back in nineteen something or whatever? They beat. Wasn't it Minnesota who was the national champion yeah. in the Rose Bowl? Missed that game. And uh yeah. Yeah. Well I did too. Well there was a there was a talking back- about history, <laughs> leather helmets and- oh. Driscoll, what else is on your mind in the sports world, man? What's going on? I mean we're uh, we're heading into uh, you know, like I said, the bowl system. Where where do you think the dogs are gonna go? Do you know? Well it's pretty much you know, I haven't I haven't really heard anything on this in the last week or so, but it pretty much comes down to a repeat of the Holiday Bowl or, or going down to San Antonio for the whatever the heck bowl. Sun, right? Is that the Sun Bowl? Alamo Bowl. Alamo, Alamo bowl. bowl. That's the, pretty much the two choices, right? I'm, yeah, I, I, I don't I don't know. But uh, they're going to a bowl. They are going to a bowl after that uh, pretty tepid finish. I guess not counting the, <laughs> not counting the Apple Cup. I guess they, they did they did win the Apple Cup, but uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I guess for recruiting, uh, from what I understand, the the holiday bowl is a better bet just because you get to go down there and be in Southern California and, you know, have kids that are, could come to your program next year, come and, come and see you. But it, it seems like it would be boring from a, from a team perspective to do the same bowl two years in a row. But right. You know, you know, most, most athletes though, uh, after the fact they've said that, you know, they, who've been to January one bowls, yeah. you know, New Year's day bowls, they they say that of all the other bowls, the holiday bowl is it? it it's like a it's like a New Year's New Year's Day. Well, bowl. you can't you can't argue with San Diego that time of and year, and it's always I mean. the only game yeah. on the night on the schedule. Yeah. 
But the Alamo Bowl, man. San Antonio, Texas. Yeah, it would be pretty, awesome. pretty dope. One last question. Instead of the Sun Bowl in El Paso. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and w- one last question before we got to wrap this up. Uh, Matt, he has, he's an important man, has things to do, places to go. Pot pies tonight. Sunday's pot pie oh, night at the Driscoll man, House. I'm sorry yeah. to hold you back on that. Chicken? Yeah. Yeah, we do chicken. So the uh, we've seen this. There's this whole realignment going on in college football. You have teams leaving to go to this, uh, you know, to the SEC. Teams going to the the Big Ten, ACC. the teams ACC, Big Big Twelve, whatever. It's like it's like this free for all. This I've never ever seen this much movement. Um, yeah, I with teams. Yeah, and is it good or is it bad? What 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 is your take on this whole teams leaving teams? staying well yeah it's a, that's a tough tough question to i think is a as the old school sports fan and a, and a fan of tradition it's bad because mm-hmm. you know i i like all that stuff i grow grew up on but i think uh you know the cougars probably just were able to hire mike leach which we just said was a good thing because of the new pac-12 tv deal that's right. paying them 20 million a year where yep. they were making two million before on their right. team and so that, that that's what these decisions are all dictated on is just dollars and cents uh so on one hand, uh, it kills the tradition and it mucks everything up and it change. And I never like change, uh, but <laughs> we on, fear it. Yeah, I fear it big time. Change uh, is to be feared. It is. <laughs> uh, but on the other hand, it's hard. It's hard to. Um, it's hard to argue with that paycheck when you're when you're the person making that decision. I'm sure. If you're Rick Neuheisel and you were told, <laughs> thank God I'm not Rick. Let's Neuheisel. just say you're Rick Neuheisel and you were told you're <laughs> fired. Of or something. <laughs> right after getting your ass handed to you by USC, you're done. Yeah. You're gonna. Are you? If you're Rick Neuheisel, gonna coach that game against Oregon in the uh, the Pac-12 championship game? Well, you see the way his kids uh, carried him off the field. I in his saw lap. that because the kids love Rick. Yeah. He's not gonna let the kids down. <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, I don't know. Rick got everything he. Deserved. I met Rick Neuheisel when I was about twelve. I went to a CU when he was coach at uh, Colorado. Went to a, a really? football camp there. Yeah. Sure How was he? He's kind of come on to you. A little slimy. <laughs> but what? What's uh, with the pedophilia jokes? I just—it's too soon. I didn't know. I didn't know he was going to drag no, me with no, the pedophilia. Gilbert Godfrey action ah, here. Geez. I had a chance to run him over. Rick Neuheisel? I did. What happened? <laughs> uh, what I, happened? I, I kept, my, I kept yeah. my foot on the brake. Man. I was actually, I was at the, the Kent, by the Kent courthouse the day the decision came down and he and his lawyer and his wife were walking and they walked right across the street in front of me. It was a red light and I, I'm looking at it. I'm going. He could have done it. I would be uh, an, an absolute state hero. <laughs> you would, you in many ways. And I been, just uh, decided to let it go. You'd have gotten the good sell. Sirhan Fortune. <laughs> That's fantastic. All right. Hey, uh, Matt, always good to chat with you. Everybody go to the cup check section in the weekly volcano. It comes out every Thursday and then also listen to Volcano Radio. Radio right here on NWCZ Radio Thursday nights at 8 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. That's right. Thanks, right. Matt. Thank you for having me. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. All right, everybody, it's that time of the program where we're going to give you our top five recommends. Gimmer, go. 
Boom! We got Tuesday night. It's trivia night literally everywhere in Pierce County. Oh, my yeah. God. Petty Coins, the Swiss, Ferrelli's on 6th, and out in Sumner, <laughs> the Hub, the Mix, and the Hiuhihi in Gig Harbor. Also, check it out at the Tacoma Musical Playhouse. You got Peter Pan running through December 18th. It's live musical. It's badass. It's getting great reviews. It's 20 bucks to $27 for tickets. Wednesday night at the New Frontier. You're going to kick it off with the live performance of Death by Stars at 9 p.m. And then close the night out with Rock and Roll Bingo. Bam. Thursday night, Hell's Kitchen, Halcyon Halo, and The Mothership. A couple other acts. It's going to be badass. Boom. Friday night, yours truly. Last Tacoma show of the year with Big Wheel Stunt Show. Gavin Gus is opening the show at Jazz Bones, 8 o'clock, $7. Boxy. All right, I got Tuesday, December 6th. At the Cork Wine Bar in Tacoma is Gina Bellavo. Thursday, December 8th at the Blue Moon in Seattle is Tin Man and Animals in Cars. And Friday, of course, December 9th at the Tempest Lounge in Tacoma is Ed Hamill. Yeah. I plan to be there. And Saturday, December 10th, at Tony V's Garage in Everett, is Witchburn Big Wheel Stunt Show and Palooka. Yeah, nice. And last but not least, Saturday and Sunday this weekend at the Mad Hat Tea Company in Tacoma is the Cash Flow Show from 7 to 11 p.m. on Saturday and 12 to 4 on Sunday. Live music, massage, henna, tarot, art, gifts and services made by local artists and artisans, all for $25 and under. I will personally have some art and gifts there as well Support as be doing tarot readings yeah. on Sunday. Yeah, and you'll be late to the show. All right, I am mine. That's uh, right. <coughs> the On Wednesday, 7.30 to 10.30 at the... Uh, Ammo Cat Cafe, which is on St. Helens in Tacoma. The Claw, good friends of ours, doing their white elephant gift exchange. It's an amazing, fun time for everybody. Yes. Also, Wednesday, 8 p.m. at Numo's, 21 and up, 15 bucks. Jesse Sykes and the suite hereafter. Bam. Friday, I'll be here along with Voxy, probably all of you. Ed Hamill on trial at the Tempest. Uh, also, Friday at Jazz Bones, Big Wheel Stunt Show, Gavin Gus, 8 p.m. Saturday, New Frontier. I'll be at this one as well. Argonaut, White Orange. Yeah. And uh, what is that? Is it Tumblr and Solomon and Lamprey? Nice. That's five five bucks for that show. That's insane. Yeah. And those are our recommends. Nice. We All did right. it. We, I think we're done. Oh, what a show, man. Just do it. Just Help me. Be there. Support Help your me. local artists. I like this segment because we get to tell people what to do. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Bam. All right. Hey, that's it for us. I'm Big D. I'm Voxy. Gimma. And Double D. And for Wonder Boy and, of course, Squeeze and Pants who aren't here. Uh, everybody, have a great week. Go out and support local art. Support your local musicians. Have a great time. We'll see you next week right here on the Northwest Convergence Zone NWCZ Radio. Where all things come together. Wow. <laughs> <laughs>